Good morning. Yeah, there we go. Someone said good morning. It's good to be back with you uh, after a few weeks away. So now we're here and we're back and we're looking forward to worshiping you, worshiping not you, uh, our God with you, um, if I can get my pronouns right and get out of my vacation mode. On a note, uh, usually I don't like doing things like this at this time in the service, but uh, make sure you thank the team that put together our new sound booth. Um, they've been faithful in that. Um, Dave DeHaan and Mike Clarkson and Jonathan Bell and Matt Watts, I think, were the team that, if I got everyone, okay, Dave's shaking his head. So they've done a great job as they continue to work on that, and hopefully we'll have our new system in sooner rather than later, as we already had technical difficulties earlier today. <laughs> All right. Psalm 46 is where we're going to be at as we continue on in our sermon series as we walk through the Psalms, Songs for the Journey, that we've called this summer series. The Word of the Lord says this as you turn your Bibles to them, and I'll give you a couple minutes to get there, but Psalm 46 says this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose stream makes glad the city of God, the holy ha- habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolation on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is the word of the Lord. Father God, we just thank you for this chance we have to continue to worship you as we open up your word. Lord, we want to continue to worship you and to continue to glorify you as we Preach and open your word together. God, I want to preach so that you are indeed glorified and speak of you and praise you and praise your name. And there's no way I can do this on my own. So Lord, won't you make this turn out well? By your spirit, help me to preach this sermon with what is needed. Use this sermon, God, to bring glory to your name and joy to your people and salvation to the lost. And amen. Let me ask a question to you. Have you ever felt like the world is falling apart? Everyone laughs, right? Because if you're not laughing, you're lying. Uh, Or you're like one of those incredible optimists that nothing could possibly go wrong in this world, and God bless you. Uh, I am not that type of person. I have felt like that. What do you do when you feel like life is just falling apart? 
And sometimes we look at the news every day, and if you look at the news every day, you can feel the anxiety that rises because it looks like the world has fallen apart, quite literally, in some cases. The psalmist here in Psalm 46 gives us a great psalm that gives us great encouragement when we are facing times when we think and when we feel that the world is falling apart. This is why I really love the psalms. You know, a few years ago, God used the psalms as I spent almost a whole year just just on the psalms. It helped me to process and to, to cry It helped me to laugh. It helped me to bask in the wonder of whom our God is. There are real emotions that are in the Bible. Uh, One of our worst things that we can do to ourselves is almost like this uh, transition of saying that, or this translation that joy and happiness are the same. They're not. And in the Psalms, it allows us to express all of those emotions that God has given us in creating us. And it changes our perspective. Circumstances don't change. They could, possibly, maybe. But this is here calling us to not pray for our change of circumstances, but pray for a change of our perspective. To who God is. As we walk through those times when we feel like life is literally falling apart. When we think that the world is giving way when we don't understand all of the political turmoil that is happening. So the theme of this psalm is confidence in God in the face of monumental troubles. And the psalm, the psalmist moves from a, 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 a cosmic collapse, you see this in verses 1 to 3, to a political turmoil in verses 4 to 7, and to divine intervention near the ends. And Martin Luther, as we're going to be closing off this time of worship, Martin Luther wrote a famous hymn based upon this song. A mighty fortress is our God. It's a great, great song. It's one of those like fist-pumping ones if you're sitting at a table. Do you ever feel like life is just falling apart? Do you feel... Like, you wonder, where is the help with life being so chaotic? So in this first part, the verses 1 to 3, we see that God's refuge in natural chaos. This is a psalm of confidence, like I was saying. This is a psalm to remind the people of God, even though I feel like life is falling apart, I can still be confident in God. In verse 1, you can preach a whole sermon just on verse 1. I'm not. You're lucky. We could just do like a, a sermon all together for each verse. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He is like a refuge where one finds rest and protection. He is our only impregnable, accessible, happy place of retreat. He is like a fortress or a strength in an, in an isolated, elevated place where people built a stronghold against the enemy. He is our all-sufficient, unconquerable, honorable, and encouraging strength. That's just from that verse. 
He is a source and effectiveness of his people's strength. My strength is not found in my ability to pull up my own bootstraps. My strength is found in who my God is. As I navigate this world of continuous chaos, and in this stands a natural chaos, the great God, he is very present. Look at this, okay? He is very present. He's not an abstract. He's not some guy sitting up on a throne way up in heaven who doesn't care about all the things that you're going through. He is a very present God. He's not out there. He is our present help in times of trouble. He is our help. He is always with us. He is always sympathizing, faithful, real, and powerful. He is our very present help in times of trouble. Which is when we get to verse 2 with this wonderful statement of therefore. Therefore says, look back. Therefore, because God is his people's refuge and strength, there is this therefore. How can we face the chaos of life that is coming around us? When we feel like it's going out of control, it is only because God, because our God is our refuge and strength. Therefore, even in landslides and earthquakes where the world feels like it's, it's, it's sinking below your feet, He is our very present help. Therefore, he says, we will not fear. See, because of who God is, because he is our refuge, because he's our strength, because he's our very present help, there is no reason to be afraid. See, look around the world to you, read some news, talk to your friends, talk to your neighbors. The world looks like it's falling apart. There was just another natural disaster in Iowa, wasn't there? Like there's lots of stuff that is happening on top of a pandemic. The world seems like it's falling apart. Earthquakes, viruses, pandemics. For those who aren't in Christ, they can't claim this at all. But for the Christian who is in Christ the one who has repented and believed in the gospel, that Christ has died for our sins and rose again. This is our God. He is our refuge. He is our strength. He is with us in the midst of all the troubles that life brings. He is there. We can have confidence in God even when the cosmos, even when the world seems like it's falling apart. My God is my strength and refuge. Ever-present. How do you have the courage to face the chaos of this world? By taking refuge in our God, who is our refuge and strength. There, there is an amazing amount of reason to be afraid in our world, is there not? I'm not saying that uh, being fearful is not something that happens. It happens. It's what we do with it. It's our response to it. So what does this psalm say? What might come? Mountains, waters, etc., persecution, sickness, etc. What must come? Affliction, death, judgment. But what is the great and one reason for not fearing? 
Fearlessness under such circumstances should be well-grounded. It should be God himself who is our refuge and we confiding and us confiding in him that makes us fearless. So in seasons of trouble, sickness, and death, we see the glory and the value of our God. God is presently helping us to bear trouble, to improve it, and to survive it. Present by graciously communication and sweet manifestations. Present most when, we see, when he seems absent and restraining, overruling, and sanctifying trouble. He is still there. We need to trust and wait. He is our strength and fortress. He is impenetrable. He is our mighty fortress, a bulwark, which is an old English word that, unless you know old English words or sing a mighty fortress is our God, you don't really know. But a mighty fortress is our God. It is because of that that we can navigate the chaos of this world. He is our refuge and strength in times of trouble so that even earthquakes and landslides cannot take us out of the hand of God. This psalm teaches people not to fear even when the world is collapsing. For whom shall I fear even? Those waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at it, as it swells. So not only is our God our, 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 our bulwark, our, our present help in times of trouble, even, when, even if nature itself seems to be falling apart, but as he continues on in verses 4 to 7, God's refuge is, he's our refuge in political chaos. In verse 4, there is a river whose streams, there is actually no real river in in Jerusalem, but this is talking about the presence of God will be like fresh streams of water to his thirsty people. And the people of God, they don't need to be afraid because they have a reason to be glad because God the Most High has shown himself and he is dwelling amongst his people. In verse 4, he, God helps his people when morning dawns, even in the darkest of times, God will not allow the suffering to go on forever. It will not. It will end. Maybe not in this life, but it will at the end. If you are in Christ. His acts of unfailing love are renewed each morning. I love Lamentations 3, 22 to 23, right? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And even though the nations rage, look at what humanity does, but look at what God does. Even when nations rage in verse 6, he utters his voice, the earth melts, the Lord of hosts is with his people in verse 7. Look at what is in this stanza. There could be a lot to be afraid of when it comes to the presence of God, right? The holy God who utters uh, his voice and the earth melts. Like, that's a pretty scary thing. But God's people don't need to be afraid of his presence because he is with us and for us. 
He is Emmanuel, God with us. Because God has chosen to dwell with his people, he will protect his people in the midst of all the hardest circumstances. Right? When we open up the paper and we read the political section, just don't. <laughs> right? Like, what in the world is going on? Canada, the U.S., and Europe, it, I don't know. Our God dwells with his people. He protects his people in the midst of the hardest circumstances. Like a secret aqueduct to a besieged city, God's grace convinces the psalmist that the church will not only survive any onslaught, but also will thrive in joy. Even in political turmoil, our God is our refuge. You ever wonder... uh, you know, in countries that seem to have incredible amounts of persecution against the church. You know, as a Western culture, we're always praying, oh God, may the church not be snuffed out. You know, like, we don't know. Oh, is the church even there? You know, when the wall came down, we're all wondering, is the church still existing in Russia? Was it? It was. Right? We think of places like Iran after the rebellion. Did you know that the church is growing faster then than it ever has? We think of China. They say that in a few years it will be the biggest Christian populace in the world. No matter what we may face in political chaos, God is our refuge. Sometimes suffering is actually a good thing. In fact, in the Bible it always says it is. It's not just the natural disasters or the political chaos that God is our refuge in. He is the refuge for all these things. How much more is he for all the other things? When life feels like it's falling apart. Because in verses 8 to 11, we see that God is a refuge for everything else. See, verse 8 and 9. Come... Behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolation on the earth. Come, behold the works of the Lord. There's a question that has been nagging me as I was studying this passage, okay? So our God is my rock, he's my refuge, he's my strength, he's a very present and help, so what? Like, how does that affect me now? How does that help me now? What am I going to do about this? How do I handle these things? And then the psalmist comes along and he answers this question for that why question that I'm still nagging with as I read this through. Or the how, maybe. How is my God my refuge? Or how do I rest in that fact that God is my refuge and my strength in times of trouble? How can I not fear when life seems to be falling apart? How can I just rest in him, the Lord of hosts, who is with me? How? He comes and he says, Behold, come, behold the works of the Lord. Because they are worth beholding. Because they are like himself, showing his infinite power, wisdom, and justice. See, your eyes were given for this reason to behold the works of the Lord. 
we need to be reminded of these things. The how, how do I know and understand that God is my refuge and my strength, my very presence of help and trouble? How? I remember the works of the Lord. It's why we come together as a, as a church family. It's why we gather together over coffee during the week and we ask each other those simple questions. How are you savoring your Lord and your Savior this day? How, what has God been teaching you about who he is as you spend time in his word? Because as we're doing those conversations, not just on Sunday, but throughout the whole week, we are beholding the works of the Lord. We need to be reminded. I'm a forgetful person. Ask my wife all the time. Did you do that? No, I I didn't. No, I didn't do that. Ask some of us, ask the staff. No, I didn't do that. (laughs) Can I challenge you? Next time you feel like the world is collapsing around you, when your friend or your loved one feels like, 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 they're, like the world is collapsing around them, please don't give them a cliche. It doesn't get them through the day. Wow, that works. Remind them of the works of the Lord. Sit down with them. Pray with them, cry with them, laugh with them. Remind them of the mighty works of our awesome God. Be still, he says in verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Jonathan Edwards says this great thing. The sole consideration. Oh, there it is. The sole consideration that God is God, sufficient to still all objections to his sovereignty. This is what is talking about here. Be still and know that I am God. Consider that God is God. The psalmist then encourages the the godly to be still and to know that the Lord is God. I love this so much. This word here, to be still, is this idea of giving slack in a piece of rope. To relax. But it's not just, you know what I I really, I shouldn't say hate. Um, You know what I really dislike when I'm really frustrated with someone and someone says to me, relax. I'm going to punch you right now in the face if you tell me to relax one more time. Relax. I'm guilty of doing it myself. Oh, just relax. You notice how the psalmist doesn't do that to us? He says relax. He says be still. It's followed up with another clause. And know that I am God. The answer to the relaxing and to the resting is having an understanding of who God is and resting in the facts of who he is. It doesn't mean that life gets any easier. It doesn't mean that your hardships are going to go away. It doesn't mean that the suffering will go away. But it does mean that you can rest in the sovereignty of God. As Spurgeon says, the sovereignty of God is a pillow on which I lay my head. Because I trust him. As I reflect upon all that he has done. 
So read it like this. Relax and know that I am God. Relax, I got this. Though it was tempting to ally themselves with foreign powers to rely on military strength or to give themselves over to idolatry or pagan ways, the godly must learn to persevere to the end. The knowledge of God includes a factual knowledge about him. It's not some abstract thing. God has specifically revealed himself in his word. It's not just something I'm grabbing. It's right here. The life of faith is lived in commitment to God's sovereignty, his rule, and ultimately exaltation over all the nations. I am God. Another pastor said this, he is an absolute and infinitely perfect. He is so great that he is infinitely above all comprehension. All things are his own. He is worthy to be sovereign over all things. Not only that, but he will be sovereign and will as sovereign. He is above, he is, sorry, he is able to avenge himself on those who oppose his sovereignty. So how are you this day savoring your God? How are you? Are you savoring him today? What are you learning about who he is? Because in an anxiety-driven world, this is how you combat it. When we need relationships with others that patiently bear with one another and point each other again and again to the glory of our God when life feels like it's fallen apart, we desperately need that. We need each other more than Sunday mornings. We need it. Matthew six thirty four. Jesus talks specifically about anxiety and worry. He says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious about itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. In an anxiety-filled world, in an anxiety-filled lives, we need to be reminded of this simple and profound truth. Know that he is God. Notice, he's not saying, relax, God's got this. He's saying, relax and know that I am God. So relax, be still. And the outcome of this is later on. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. There is a sending out that happens as we reflect upon the mighty works of who our God is. As a church, we gather as a church to be faithful disciples who make disciples of Jesus Christ. This is the command. You and I don't get to sit and just experience this. We get to go out and tell other people about all of the great works that our God has done into my life so that I can be still and know that he is God. I get to tell other people who, about my God who is my refuge and my strength and the very present help in trouble. Do you not think we live in a world that is like this is more evident now than it ever has been? Our world desperately <laughs> needs this. Not just you and me as followers of Christ. I have this as a follower of Christ. My neighbor needs to know that there is a God who they can take refuge in that has their strength. 
You and I don't get to just sit in it, just experience. We are active in God's mission to live for him and to spread his word. This is who God, this is who our God is, and he will be exalted amongst the nations. We live in this world that is not able to be still and to rest and to know peace, to know God, and we are called to go out and proclaim from the mountaintops the goodness of our God that for all people who repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Believe in what? That Christ died for our sins and rose again. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. It's good that this is here twice in this psalm because we forget again, right? I don't know how many times I read this and then I, I read someone comment on that and I went, oh yeah, it is there twice. You're right. The Lord of hosts is with us. It says in verse 7 and verse 11. It is good that it's in here. It is something that you and I often forget. It is a privilege that you can never get sick of. But let me ask you this. Is the Lord of hosts on your side? Is Emmanuel, God with us, your Redeemer? Your Savior? If he is, then you have a confident reason to sing aloud with joy with your mask on. (laughs) Show your joy as you sing of our Savior and our Redeemer. In times of trouble, make music for our God. Martin Luther wrote, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Do you understand the hardships that that man went through? The excommunication, the people wanting to kill him. When he read this psalm, he declared on those words, a mighty fortress is our God. When we understand the background of these things, it really helps sit better. That these aren't just some guy in his nice leather couch somewhere with air conditioning writing some psalm. These songs are written by people who are literally suffering and saying, a mighty fortress is our God. And if this isn't, if God isn't your confidence, you can have this confidence. In Christ, this confidence is yours. If you have repented and believed and you believed in the gospel that Christ has died for our sins and rose again, you have this presence. You can have this presence. Because the people of God have the presence of God, they can confidently say along with the psalmist, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So what, you may ask? Quite simply this. When life seems to be falling apart, cling to the Christ, our solid foundation. Cling to who he is and what he has done for us. In Matthew 24, verse 6, we see amid wars and rumors of wars, the Christian is buttressed with the confidence that all the kingdoms of the world will one day become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever, as Revelation 11 says. 
It's because of this fulfilling God's covenant. It is this that God fulfills his covenant promise to Abraham in Genesis 12. Keeping our eyes on King Jesus, we must courageously witness for Christ to the ends of the earth until all know Jesus as their Lord and as Christ. We live in a world in a time that is so full of so much uncertainty. It could be losing your job. It could be sickness. It could be, I don't know, are we going to school in September or not? I don't know. As a parent, I'm hoping. What do you do when life feels like it's falling apart? What are the first thoughts that go to your head? How do you respond to those thoughts? How do you fight those thoughts? What's the first thing you do? I think if I were to ask you this, you would tell me I run to God. And then I'd push back and say, really? Every time? This psalm reminds me of the importance of believing that God is my refuge and strength, a very present and help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. We're going to be closing with singing, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. It's a great song. It's going to be a new rendition by Matt Boswell. So don't freak out if it's not exactly the right timing that you believe it's supposed to be. But listen to the words as the worship team comes up. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foes that seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great, and armed with cruel hate on earth is not his equal. Did we in our own strength confide our striving would be losing? We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Just ask how that may be. Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord Sabbath, his name, from age to age the same. He must win the battle. Mighty fortresses are God. Let us sing that awesome prayer today.